we had one girl that came with her mom and her mom rocked it like she was better than <laughs> all of us and i love that like i love how mom and daughter are coming or like two best friends are coming and i love also how because these girls you know they're responsible they work they have all of that they have their lives together i love that they yeah. have this outlet yeah mm-hmm. and this place where i see them helping each other where they see like they've all been able let's say to go down a ramp and there's one or two girls that are scared they won't move on they'll wait for that girl they'll keep letting her try until she gets it so i love how they're like moving together you know we're not going to go without you no you're going to keep trying and it's just i thought it was going to be a lot of work but honestly like all of them are are part of this community you know it's not i'm okay maybe i put it together but i don't feel like this is my i'm i'm the founder no they're all founders for me and mm-hmm. anyone who comes in and and gives to this community is a founder This is the metal set. Hi, this is Don, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal from athletes in the Middle East and beyond. Ishtar Azavi calls this her planting season. It's fitting because this jiu-jitsu champ and our guest who has represented her country Iraq in the sport while living abroad all her life has always felt that her true calling had gone unanswered so last year she decided to pack her life in the UAE and head home to Baghdad the planting season symbolizes more than just a departure from the comfort of a privileged life and unrestricted access to resources in professional sport for her it signifies a profound shift in purpose and towards embracing her roots and marks the inception of a new chapter of sowing the seeds of social change in Iraq through another sport skateboarding remarkably venturing into unfamiliar territory as an amateur skateboarder herself azavi founded baghdad skate girls in december with the aim of bringing the transformative power of skateboarding to women in iraq the benefits of introducing the sport in war torn and war scarred countries is well documented within that backdrop in iraq Baghdad Skate Girls has been fostering resilience, confidence and community, particularly for young women challenging societal norms. In part 1 of this episode, Ishtar shares why she had to move to Iraq in search of fulfillment and her aspirations to build foundations for young athletes with Olympic dreams. We discuss how one Instagram post began a skateboarding movement in Baghdad and how it has been received by society. And while the first steps to building a skateboarding community have been taken, Ishtar tells us about the challenges and resources needed to grow and flourish. Don't forget to check out part 2 next, where she discusses her journey into jiu-jitsu and some pre-fight rituals. And as always, if you like this story and the others we share, please take a moment to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss any of our episodes. We would also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share your thoughts. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube at the Metal Set for more content. On to the show. Enjoy. Hi 
Hi, Ishtar. So excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for taking out the time. You're actually speaking to us from Baghdad today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm in Baghdad at the moment. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've uh, been really busy, but it's been amazing out here. We have a lot to talk about today. We just talked about a little bit about what we're going to talk about earlier. But for everyone listening, we're going to focus a lot of the conversation on you as the founder of Baghdad Skate Girls, which is in Iraq, which is super cool, changing the landscape for women who want to get involved in action sports. We're also going to touch upon your own uh, athletic journey as well as a jujitsu champion. <laughs> so super excited. I guess we want to start. I saw a recent Instagram post of yours where you're calling this time now. And I love this because I think we all have seasons in life. And you've said this is your planting season. So talk yeah. a little bit about <laughs> that because I'm sure it ties into what you're doing with Baghdad Skate Girls. Yes. So I initially moved to Baghdad around seven months ago. I lived in the UAE for 13 years. I was working in the corporate world. And then I decided to open an NGO in sports here in the region because I didn't feel there was much happening, but I saw that there was a lot of talent. So I came out here just to do some research and I decided to move. Uh, so it was a, a, a big jump that I took. So I guess like for the first seven months, there's been a lot of like research for me to see like what's happening, what's needed, what is the mm -hmm. potential um, obviously me being like a jiu-jitsu fanatic, the first thing I thought was like, oh, we have to like jiu spread jiu-jitsu everywhere. <laughs> but then I realized like it's not so easy getting like practitioners to the country. It's not impossible, but it's going to take a lot of time. So I just thought like I need to stay active. I want to have fun. I like to have fun in everything that I do. So I was like, you know what, let me go and skateboard. So I found a small community of boys that are so good, like they're so amazing and they're quite professional actually. So I went out skating with them and it was a lot of fun, but then I just thought like, I wish there were some girls with me, you know, mm -hmm. so, so they could have fun too. So I put up a random like uh, story on my Instagram said, hey, who wants to come skate with me girls? And then I got so many messages. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna open up a page. And we did our first like meetup and it was amazing um, to see, number one, how hungry the girls are. Number two, how fearless the girls are. Mm -hmm. Like the things that they were doing on the first day took me like months to, to do. <laughs> so it was it was really like amazing. And I just felt like, wow, there's so much that can be done here for girls. And, you know, like skating, you don't really need a coach. You just need a skateboard. You need somewhere to go. And it's all about community. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I talk about planting seeds right now, I think the most important thing in any sport is building communities first, because mm -hmm. that's what keeps it together. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that we really lack here in this region. The UAE has done an incredible job of creating communities and facilities and getting the best of the best. But at some point, you know, it's very hard for me to enjoy my wins looking back and seeing like other girls in my country that aren't able to have the same opportunities. So it's, it's been a bit of a battlefield where like I came here with this huge dream and then 
I was like, how am I going to do this all by myself? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So I decided like, let's start baby steps. Let's start yeah. communities. Let's start conversations. Let's see what people are up to, why they are or aren't. And it's been going really well so far. You also talk about Baghdad being a catalyst for change for you, good or bad, and that being an athlete allows you to embrace and grow with that change. But for someone who was not born in uh, Iraq, didn't live there as a young person, worked abroad, but is very much rooted in your culture and what your country has to offer. How has Baghdad changed you? I feel like I've lived in a bubble for way too long. I think a lot of people are so comfortable. People have amazing jobs. They have great salaries. So we start getting to a level that we no longer see what real problems are. And we start facing first world problems, which is like, you know, uh, how am I going to have the time to do all of my hobbies? <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and uh, just like... I think I had a bit of a reality check and every time I try to explain it to my friends back in the UAE, it's really difficult because it's the most minute details. I remember like just going into a supermarket and not finding any of the things that I had, like that I eat, you know, it's, it's the small details, everyday life, getting around transportation, just walking down the street as a woman is... Mm -hmm. For me, like for me to be able to walk down the street wearing my leggings and, and you know, I haven't changed anything since I moved from the UAE to come here. I didn't want to change the way I dressed. I wanted mm -hmm. to be me. And I feel like every day is a battlefield to be able to get through your day without being sexually harassed, without being stared at on the street. Things that I didn't face in London and I didn't face in the UAE these are all new things to me. So it's mm -hmm. been really hard for me to grasp and comprehend and to accept because I was very spoiled and I lived a great life. And now I'm, I'm somewhere where I see the reality of everyday life in Iraq. And it's mm -hmm. sometimes a little bit difficult to like swallow, but I go back to like having that sort of athletic mentality where I'm like, no, no, it's supposed to be hard because if mm -hmm. it's not, it's it's not going to have a great ending. Like, so the harder it gets now, the most amazing ending I'm going to get. So, yeah, it's it's been tough. It's been challenging. It's I don't have a team that came out here with me. So sometimes I feel like I'm really stretched in terms of like how much I can do. Mm -hmm. But um, I've I've been trying to like stay focused and, and the girls have been a great like as much as they think like I've created a space for them, they've actually created a space for me to be able to work on these projects that I wanted to work on. And you have your hands in a, a lot of sports, actually. It's not, not just jiu-jitsu, it's not just skateboarding. So how did that moving around impact your interest in sports? You must have been exposed to quite a few sports because Moscow to London to the UAE. What were all the sports that you were exposed to? Yeah, so actually, I never was exposed to sports growing up. Really? I started sports in the UAE. Uh, I started jiu-jitsu, actually, in the UAE. I wanted to learn how to defend myself. 
And I think I was like very depressed for a very long time when I came to the UAE, but I didn't realize until I got into jujitsu. And mm. then I was like, oh my God, I think I was depressed. I think that was what was wrong with me. But um, I think jujitsu took me through more of a mental journey than a physical journey. And I always say like, people ask me like, have you given up jujitsu? I'm like, we're on a break, <laughs> but, but it's like a good break. But I say like, even if tomorrow, not that I'm saying I am, but even if I end up giving up or doing something else, I have taken so much from this sport and sports in general, I think for women is so important because it's given me like skills to deal with everyday problems. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm into a lot of things. I try everything. And I think it's so important for a lot of young people, especially to try everything so they know what they like. I like to cycle, I like to swim, I like to skateboard, I like CrossFit, I like everything, you know, I like to move. And, you know, I'm 39 years old and a lot of people like, they, they're like, oh my God, like, I didn't know you were that old because you, you do so many things. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, that's why, because, you know, <laughs> 39 I'm is active. Not <laughs> but I'm active and, you know, like there is yeah, a yeah. certain way, like some yeah. of the gyms here, if I want I wanted to start, let's say cycling. Mm. The first question they ask you is, how old are you? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll, I'll go give it a go. And I'm like, actually. <laughs> I'm cycling fit years old. Thank you. Very yeah. Much. <laughs> but yeah, so, so these are these yeah. are the differences, yeah. I think. It's yeah. so funny you say that because I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about, you know, I started cycling in earnest when I was like 37 years old. And I remember back then, I'm not that much older now, but but yeah. I remember back then thinking like, oh, I'm kind of old. And now like five, six years later, I'm like, how ridiculous was I thinking 37 was old? <laughs> like, and now I think sports has really helped me realize that you can get started at any age. Any like, age. And I'm looking forward to the next 10 years, 20 years of all of the different types of things that I want to try <laughs> because I can. And it's there to, depending on where you live, if you have the opportunity to do it, you should absolutely try whatever you want to do. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Like I know, I know a guy he's, I think like in his sixties or seventies, and he has like so many Ironmans that mm -hmm. he's done and he still goes for. And for me, that's like an idol for me, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. to be able to still train that hard at that age means like, that's it. You know, I, I've yeah. done everything right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you and I have a bit of similarities in terms of and some of our guests too that we've had on the podcast, really thinking how different your life was before you found the sport that you love and want to continue and get better at. And similar to you, I found sports in the UAE as an adult after growing up and being a bit sporty and doing things here or there, but then falling out of it for a long, long time. And then realizing how my life really transformed the minute I found my sport, which is cycling. You were saying you grow up, you weren't really doing sports, but you had opportunities in the UK, correct? What is the situation like now? And I know this feeds into you setting up Baghdad Skate Girls, but what is the, the situation in Iraq now and also earlier when it came to sports, like for women? Can you paint a picture for us about, you know, what's available? So I've, I've been running a page actually for individual sports uh, for Iraqis for the last three mm -hmm. years. 
So I have a huge database of all the athletes, uh, Iraqi athletes. And I think I couldn't really understand how we had such talented people, but we had mm -hmm. like literally no one in the Olympics. We had like four people in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I, I was trying to understand like what was going on because a lot of the Iraqis that end up leaving Iraq become really successful in sports. And mm -hmm. even the ones who are here are, are really good. But I couldn't understand what, what was that gap that needed to be bridged. So when I came out here, I quickly came to the re realization is there are a lot of people who want to become athletes, but there are no tools. Mm -hmm. And um, that comes back to our government. You know, there's a lot of talk that happens, but there is no action. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things is uh, we have a federation for jiu-jitsu here. However, there's no training. And this happens a lot. Or, for example, I wanted to go into wrestling. And they said, we don't have girls that come wrestle here. I went to judo. There's no girls here. Mm -hmm. um, but thankfully, the judo team said, you're welcome to join us because they knew who I was. But I'm sure if it was any other girl that came in and they didn't know, like, she, she was from another martial art, they would have mm -hmm. said no. Mm -hmm. And there is no space for women, really. Uh, they, they say like there is, but there isn't. In, in mm -hmm. actual fact, there is no place for her to train. There is no, I'm not talking about private gyms. I'm talking mm -hmm. about like communities. And I think it's so simple to, to build a community. And it's really like not rocket science. People keep mm -hmm. messaging me like, oh, wow, this is amazing, this community. And I was like, it literally, all it takes is just getting, you know, your friends or, or girls together and enjoy and do, do the thing that you enjoy. And, you know, I want to, I want to make this into cycling and running and, mm -hmm. and even walks. But I think for a lot of people that have lived here all their lives, they kind of lost hope. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, but why, what's the point? No one is going to mm -hmm. support me and no one is going to, like there's no support. Mm. There is nothing. So they feel like they're kind of like fighting a war just to be able to get an opportunity to compete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. and that's why I say like I now realize how privileged I was mm -mm 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 -mm. in the UAE. Like I look at my friends' stories and I see like these really great coaches that they have and there's so many of them and mm. I could just you know, walk into a different gym every day and have world-class training. And I think sometimes, like, if we had this here, I, I truly believe that we would have Olympians and many mm -hmm. of them here. And, yeah. and this is the problem. We don't have the tools mm. or the yeah. space. I, th I think looking back, just even I've been here in 13 years and Afshan's lived in the UAE all that time and has seen, I'm sure, <laughs> I can't speak for her, but in the past 10 years, 13 years, I've seen such a transformation here. And it's really about the intent and also the action to back it up, right? And I think you are a shining example of that intent in action. So mm -hmm. it's really exciting to talk to you today because I have no doubt, <laughs> as you said, it's amazing how many young women and women came out to, to want to skate with you, but I have no doubt in a few years that community is going to grow even more. Yeah, a hundred percent. And this is one of the things like with these communities, we grow them and uh, we start to see 
who in that community has leadership skills to start leading that own community. Mm-hmm. Because this is what we want to do. Like we want to grow different communities. So I'm not here to stay in that community forever. I'm just there to set it up and keep Facility. it sustainable. Exactly. So I really mm-hmm. hope like in a year's time, we'll have like three, four different communities full of women. And I guess whatever you're seeing in the in the past <laughs> seven months of actually living and moving back to Baghdad is informing your way forward, not just in one sport, but like just across the board, right? Because that's what you want to do. You're seeing that there's this huge potential there. But again, you're a grassroots initiative. You can go only so far before someone else has to jump in and kind Mm -hmm. of take the lead. And like Don said, intent, there needs to be intent and it needs to be at a higher level than the community. So what is the biggest obstacle then to this? There's intent within the community. But is it a perception thing? Is it a cultural obstacle? What is the obstacle then to get not just the youth into sport, but also then look at women who, if they go to a jiu-jitsu gym, are not shown the door? It's a good question. I think this, it's never straightforward here. And this is something that I, when people ask me very direct questions, I always say, I wish I had a direct answer for you or a simple answer for you, but it's very complex and it's it's intertwined between culture. I wouldn't say religion, but culture, post-war culture, Mm -hmm. governments, uh, a lot of a lot of people leaving the country and a lot of people who are not from Baghdad coming into the city with different mindsets let's say they're from more conservative areas. So they've come into the city with the same conservative mindset. Because I remember my mom telling me that she used to play basketball and they used to walk around in shorts and me wearing leggings inside the city, I get looked at really weirdly. So Mm -hmm. I feel like what happens here is we advance one step and then we go back twice. So what needs to happen is we need to start creating safe spaces and there needs to be a collaboration between NGOs, communities and the government. Because without these three entities working together, you're honestly like building a house on sand. As much as I go and do as much as I can, there could be one thing that would happen that would scare the whole community to let their girls to go out again. Mm. So I I would need the government to be on board. I need the mm-hmm. ministry to listen. I need them to believe in it. All we need is their support because mm-hmm. we there's a lot of NGOs out there that are doing amazing things in Iraq that are trying to build skate parks, make life skate life, are trying to build a skate park on Pointier. They're an amazing uh, NGO that are, they've raised the funds. And uh, now there's, uh, you know, a conversation happening where they're trying to get all the approvals. But obviously everything is going a bit slow. And and this is the problem that I'm seeing is I think the government just needs to say, here's here's the space. Go go do your thing, you know. But obviously with everything that's been happening with war after war and ISIS and, you know, this country hasn't really had a break. So now we're starting to see like everything sort of calm down and, and new businesses are happening and, and they've recently opened paddle here. So there is space <laughs> for growth, 
but it just yeah. needs to be done in the right in the right way i guess yeah. mm -hmm. and i i say like there there's a couple of gyms here that are incredible and they build really nice gyms here but then i don't feel there's a community Mm -hmm. that because you know at the end of the day you know you've had a hard day you want to go to your community they're going to give you support and love they're going to ask about you if you don't go to training there's someone who's going to call you and be like hey yeah. <laughs> get your ass to the gym you know yeah, so, yeah. and you need that and I and yeah. and that's what the jiu-jitsu community did for me you know mm. it was more of a, a emotional and a mental support than a physical one and I think that's very, very important for these types of places. And we see it in Syria. We see it in Palestine, like the skateboard communities that are emerging. Mm, yeah. And Skate they're pal. so resilient. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think like things are going to sort of advance quite quickly here. But I, I'm, I'm, I don't want it to go too quick because I want to mm. be able to make sure that everything is done in the right way and everything is safe and we keep a safe space. That's the mm -hmm. most important thing that it's it's a safe space for girls. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Skateboarding, and we had this conversation briefly because I touched upon my professional experience working in action sports and how I always thought that these sports seemed more inclusive for people who maybe didn't grow up for grow up with sport and. Um, yeah, they just seemed like more welcoming communities than maybe some of the legacy sports or the well-established sports in every country. And you decided skateboarding was a way mm -hmm. to kind of bring about change and break barriers where you are in Baghdad. How did you actually get into it yourself, though? Was it the time you went out with a skateboard and saw the guys in Baghdad or were you were you always a skateboarder? I think it happened during uh, my, it was during like, me getting ready for world championships and just being so sick and tired of like the smell of jujitsu, just <laughs> jujitsu itself. You know, I had like four months before a world championship, I would eat, sleep and dream jujitsu. And I just needed not to see my teammates for a bit. Like I needed something else, you know? Yeah. So there was a skate park um, in Abu Dhabi where I lived that I would chill and see friends in. And I saw like some people skateboarding. I was like, I want to try this. And then I started to see the jiu-jitsu community in the skate park. <laughs> they start going after you, Shoda. <laughs> so most of them are like professional skateboarders. Uh -huh. And it was so much fun to watch them doing like all these tricks. And they came with the same mentality, like, just try it. You know, like we yeah. all were beginners. And uh, I bought a skateboard and I remember the first day I had knee pads, I had elbow pads, I had a helmet. <laughs> I walked in like, you know, a five-year-old kid, but uh, it was so welcoming. Mm. And, uh, you know, I had a 12-year-old kid teach me how to do something. And, mm. and this is what I love about this sport. Like it's any age, all you need is a skateboard and um, it's very inclusive and very welcoming. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I think that's important. And I think that's a mindset that I thought was everywhere, but it's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have a very different idea of sports in Iraq. It's not so welcoming. It's more like you, you have to earn your way to coming right. here. Very old school, you know. But yeah, I think, again, coming back to like the differences is when I came here, 
the boys were a bit wary of me in the beginning. Uh, but once they saw like, no, no, I actually just want to skate and hang out and, and maybe have more people skate, then no, they were amazing. They were teaching me stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's how it happened. I love it. It's funny you mention uh, you saw a lot of jiu-jitsu athletes in the skate park because <laughs> this this is something that came up when I was reading more about skateboarding and jiu-jitsu. And I realized that it's not just a UAE thing that there are a lot of jiu-jitsu athletes. There's a lot of crossover between yeah. both sports and jiu-jitsu, which is, to me, they're at either end of the sports spectrum. Like, I'm just like, mm. okay, jiu-jitsu, martial arts, and the other one is something you do on a board, which is like so risk. You've got to be a risk taker for it. So what is, like, it's it's very strange to me. Like, I can't compute yeah. it still, but what is that crossover? I think, like, um, one of the things with jiu-jitsu is you really get to know your personality on the mats. So as much as you've hyped yourself up or you think you're tough, the mats will tell you the truth about yourself. <laughs> so uh, I think what happens with skateboarding, it's the best way to get rid of fear because you are one step away from breaking fear, literally, like yeah. one step. Yeah. Um, and I remember like when I first got my skateboard, I couldn't jump on the board. I kept thinking like I'm going to fly. And it was just me and the board and that one jump. And I stay there for like three hours. I'm like, it's just a board. You, even if I fall, it's fine. I'm not going to die, you know, but it's just breaking that sort of mindset. And I think jujitsu practitioners are so wise. Yeah. I think they're like one of the wisest people I've met in my life. <laughs> and they have this flow mentality, like the surfboarding mentality where you just go with the flow. Jiu-jitsu is like you roll with the flow. You go with the, like you go with this, with the, with the wave. Uh, you don't go against it. And it's the same thing. It's like freedom, sort of just flowing, um, zero ego. Plus it, it teaches you a lot about your base and, uh, and it's helped me with my base as well. But that's the jiu-jitsu lifestyle because it's a Brazilian sport. So when they're not in the gym, they're surfing when they're not when there's no waves they're on their skateboards and and that's the whole lifestyle how is the sport received how is skateboarding received within the community in iraq and then in baghdad specifically because you're based there so i asked the boys this question when i came and um they told me like a lot of stories of like them being beaten up on the street People uh, have like sort of thrown things at them. So there's a park that we go to where no one bugs us. There's this little space where we can go skate. Me, myself, I've skated on the streets here. I've skated in like really big places, Tahrir Square, which is for me, it was like my dream to skate there because that, that's where the protests happened in yeah. 2018. For me, I don't know. I didn't feel like anyone looked at me funny but I have a very confident like personality when I'm doing my sports and I, I feel like body language really says a lot even when I walk down the street sometimes like just my body language is like don't even bother approaching me but with the girls I can't take that risk right now and I you know I don't want to find out 
that way. So for me, I haven't really seen anything negative during our times in the park. We have families that come and watch or little kids that want to come and try. And I think it's always more friendly when they see like a bunch of women mm-hmm. as opposed to like a bunch of guys. But I think in general, it hasn't been perceived in the right way because it was very sort of random. However, when I started this community, we set some rules just because, you know, I I sat the girls down and I said, listen, you know, you guys are amazing, but we really have to protect this space. So there are certain things that we have to abide by because of the, the community that we're in. Um, and we want to be socially accepted for now. So, you know, we don't want to do anything too crazy or just go out on our own in random places. So, and the girls were amazing, you know, and they totally understood and they said, yeah, and they want to protect the space also. I think like with the boys and I totally understand them, like they want to go out at any time, at any hour and, and no one speaks to them, but people haven't seen it. So they've, maybe feel a little bit intimidated by the Mm. sound or it might look a bit aggressive to them. And again, that's because it's a new sport here. People haven't really like seen it much. And how accessible is the sport to an average person or someone or a child who's in a middle class family, like just buying from buying the board and accessing anything else that is required, even a Uh, skate park for that matter. So at the moment, there's no skate park. Um, There are some NGOs that are working on building a skate park. They've actually raised the funds. So the funds are there, but we're just waiting for approvals. In terms of skateboards, no, there's no accessibility to skateboards. We actually had like, I think, nine boards donated to us from Seven Hills. Shout out to Mm -hmm. Seven Hills in Jordan. They were amazing. They they donated boards for for the community. And this is the thing, like I have parents sometimes messaging us saying our kids, like we want them to start, but I'm like, I would love that, but I don't have boards. You know, Mm. I I have like here six boards that I take out for the girls, but we don't have access to boards. So it's again, you know, like I say, it's the tools. The tools are not available. We have a, a very resilient nation, people who have been through things that are unimaginable. And this is where you get real athletes because they have pure resilience, but we don't have tools and we don't have access to things. And it's not that people can't afford it. It's just not accessible. So, and then we have, you know, private gyms. But again, I don't feel like there's a strong sense of community in certain sports. So, um, yeah, I think that still hasn't been perceived yet in 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 Iraq, that you really need to work on community before you Mm -hmm. work on the facilities. And things are being done the other way around. It's facilities, facilities, zero communities. And Mm -hmm. I feel people don't want to take that lead. It's too much of a headache. They're tired. They know it's a dead end. They know they won't get support from the government. I get a lot of what's the point, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you, you have to start small and you have to have I guess like just being on this show, someone somewhere is going to hear this and think, you know what, like we want to help or we want to be part of this community. And it's it's the most random small things that actually make this grow. 
And I mean, so, put a, again, a call out there to any skateboard brands who would like <laughs> there to are a bunch of skateboards or a bunch yeah. of or anyone who wants <laughs> or anyone who wants to come teach us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. A bunch yeah. of passionate young women skateboarding in Baghdad need skateboards and need instruction. So universe, do your thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's. Hmm. Please One of ahead. them, I, I did work with uh, an NGO a few years ago and have a great respect for them. So, so know some of the skate organizations you're talking about, Seven Hills and Jordan, and um, it's called Skatistan. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah, we have but one it, in the in North. Yeah, they're great. And it's amazing. Like, but when you were talking about, you know, kind of how skateboarding is perceived, <laughs> Ali, who's the founder of uh, Skatistan, I remember doing, I was with him during a a media interview and I believe and forgive me if I'm if uh, forgive me Ali if I'm, <laughs> this isn't right but apparently the origins of Skatistan was that you know there was no skate culture in, in Afghanistan in Kabul and people yeah. didn't really know what to make of it so it was a lot more open <laughs> to everyone because there was yeah. no legacy issues around what skateboarders are you know whereas skateboarding and like you know, North America be seen as kind of a bit rebellious. Some of the naughty kids, like when I was growing up, maybe were yeah. skateboarding around. But because there was none of this legacy preconceived of skate notions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Preconceived notions about what it is that a lot yeah. of people were very open to letting their young boys and also young girls do that in uh, post war Afghanistan. So it was just, it reminded me when you, um, when you were talking about skate culture. And I think, yeah, now that the world's a lot more interconnected and there's more access to information online, people maybe still have seen some skateboarding in other places. But yeah. I just think it's such a tremendous sport. And as you said, you know, people all working together. And Skatistan obviously has had great success in terms of their skate and learn programs where children will come and learn and do school programs and involved mm -hmm. in skateboarding. Specifically for you, though, what do you think skateboarding can bring in terms of change to better society? I mean, I see skateboarding very differently to like how some of the preconceived notions here are from maybe from what they've seen. I think it's any sport that takes kids off the streets and has mm -hmm. them moving is a great sport. So there just needs to be a, like Skatistan. They're amazing. They, they have a great community and they have community leaders who make sure, you know, there's no bad boy kind of things happening <laughs> in the park. Um, and this is what we're trying to do here is we're trying mm -hmm. to have a community where everyone is welcome but once you're in this space like let's respect some rules and the people mm -hmm. and 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 actually like give people a different in case they have a misconception to show them actually we're just a bunch of girls who like skateboards and that's it there's no yeah. other culture around it it doesn't mean that we're bad girls or anything no. like that <laughs> most of the girls actually are are working in corporate so mm -hmm. you know they have jobs and stuff. And we're actually planning to go to visit Skatistan. Um, I promise the girls oh, will go for amazing. a trip. So we're going to go up uh, north and Sule. <laughs> they're in Suleymaniya. And I spoke to them and we said, we're going to come. All the girls are going to come. I want them to have a feel of the skate yeah. park. Yeah. It's a totally different feeling. And hopefully we'll have our own skate park one day. Yeah. 
Hopefully. I'm I'm sure you will. We know it. It will happen. <laughs> Inshallah. Um, so in terms of the founding of Baghdad Skate Girls, you said you put up a post on Instagram and that was literally like the origin story. <laughs> this is how it started, a post. Do you remember the moment like when you were putting up that post, did you think anything would become of it or just you thought maybe you just get a few people out and maybe we'll skateboard together? But yeah, did you imagine it would form into like a group like this now? Well, you know, like initially what happened was there was a there was already a page called Baghdad Skate Park. Mm -hmm. And um, like one of the founders of that park, you know, I got to him and I think he was just exhausted of trying so much for so many years, but really not getting anywhere because there's there wasn't enough people to get on boards. There was no boards in the first place. And um, I felt like he was really run down and, and they're waiting for a skate park. So we said, like, why don't we get some girls? So we tried to do it through that page. But I don't know, maybe like people, the girls didn't really want to come and skate with boys or something. Mm -hmm. So I did it on my own page instead. And I, I said to him, like, if this works, I'm going to create like a skateboarding community just for girls. And you can deal with the boys one. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just keep them separate because yeah. I feel like the boys are already on such a high level. Mm. Um, we kind of like, you don't want to intimidate to... the girls. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, yeah. and we're all learning together. You know, I'm yeah. not a, a professional at like, I'm just above beginner, <laughs> mm. you know, so we're all learning together. So yeah, like, uh, th that's, that's how it formed. We, we put up a post and uh, we got the girls. We created a page. We did like two or three meetups and uh, it's going great. Talk us through some of the members, like who who's part of the group. So we have uh, we have quite a few girls on the group. They're all amazing, uh, smart, fearless. We have some artists. We have uh, people who work in the corporate world. We have entrepreneurs who have small businesses. We had one girl that came with her mom and her mom rocked it. Like she was better than <laughs> all of us. And I love that. Like I love how mom and daughter are coming or like two best friends are coming. And I love also how because these girls, you know, they're responsible, they work, they have all of that. They have their lives together. I love that they yeah. have this outlet yeah. Mm -hmm. And this place where I see them helping each other, where they see like they've all been able, let's say, to go down a ramp and there's one or two girls that are scared. They won't move on. They'll wait for that girl. They'll keep letting her try until she gets it. So I love how they're like moving together. You know, we're not going to go without you. No, you're going to keep trying. And it's just I thought it was going to be a lot of work. But honestly, like. All of them are are part of this community. You know, it's not I'm OK, maybe I put it together, but I don't feel like this is my I'm I'm the founder. No, they're all founders for me. And mm -hmm. anyone who comes in and, and gives to this community is a founder. Uh, just from something you mentioned and an observation that I have in terms of skating, skateboarding, the fact that you mentioned that a lot of the you say girls, but we're talking about women who are working, you know, who are in corporate and other industries. The fact that they're coming to your sessions as against maybe the male 
community where there are younger boys who probably their parents are buying them skateboards as against women who have to buy their own skateboards i guess it comes down to how skateboarding is seen as a male dominated sport versus a woman who actually has to go buy it because their parents are not going to buy them a skateboard because they don't see it as something that a woman should do i guess yeah i mean like i think even the boys have the same problem um because it's a new sport um uh, you know some of the boys here like they tell me like you know my parents tell me what are you doing with this it's, it doesn't make sense like what mm. is it so there's not enough sort of education around it mm, awareness um, or awareness yeah so uh even the boys actually you know i'm i'm not going to make this like a boys and girls thing mm. like even the boys have had a really tough time i think they've had mm. a much tougher time than us actually mm. because they've been out on the streets and they've been bullied out of it to the point where most of them stopped for a while then they started to come back and i guess like you know when you get to a certain level you want more right you want a skate mm. park you want to go down ramps and and that's a hard place to be i think we're in a much easier place where we're just trying to like skateboard or move around so i think like they had the tougher part to play in the beginning mm. but now that things are being more organized and hopefully having a skate park I think actually it's going to be more welcoming from everywhere else. I think they're they're going to be more open to it um because things are changing so much. Mm. So you said yeah. it started as a meet up, but you actually kind of formalized it earlier yeah. like I mean a, a few weeks back. So how did you take it from that meet up point to actually formalizing it? What were the steps involved and what did what was required to actually formalize it the way you Yeah did so uh, what I did was I actually spoke to Make Life Skate Life um they're a skateboarding NGO <laughs> the girls are going to see this podcast and laugh at me so I I I messaged them I was like hey listen so I did a meet up but I have no idea how to give a class and I have to give a <laughs> class now <laughs> and uh, they very kindly got me in contact with a guy called Shane who lives in the US and he talked to me through like what I should be doing and he gave me a a sheet to go and then he just said look just have fun with it you know um so that was a bit of a help and then i had one of the boys from the skate community also come and show them some tricks a couple of times so i think it was just having like the initial warm up okay let's start like trying to push off the skate what are the problems seeing what the problems were trying to help the girls having always someone with them working in partners just organizing it in that way and then obviously um at the end of it you know i would have to say like now we're done just to make sure like the girls are safe they all get home um mm. it's pretty late in the place so just to have this sort of we start at this time we finish at this time you know please don't do something crazy and break your leg yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know but just having that sort of uh, the fir- that was the first day the second day i was so surprised like they were doing things that took me months to be able to like do so i was mm-hmm. like okay so by the second class i was like girls just to say like we're learning together i am not your like coach <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice because then we went out for a meal and I told them like what do you think if we do a road trip to go to a skate park and everyone was like yes so excited so it's 
it's a very good place that we're in at the moment. I love and that. And how many members do you have at the moment? Uh, I think we have just uh, around 10. However, every day, like we get new girls that are being added to the group. And we're trying to like work around people's timing. So we mm. put a poll on our, our group to see like what time works for everyone. And uh, yeah. Love that. It's, I'm reminded the first time I think Afshan and I went cycling up a mountain because Afshan had only learned to ride a bike and she was so far ahead of me. This was this. in 2020 when I was 33 or 34. She was so far ahead of me up this mountain. I was like, mm. but also oh. like happy. Yeah, yeah. Happy, but like Dawn was questioning my bike handling skills that entire trip because I didn't have any. <laughs> well, I was worried. I was more, I yeah. wasn't questioning you. I was just worried you didn't end up in the middle of the <laughs> Yeah, but it's such a mountain goat. So yeah. it must be amazing to see all of this talent, right? Like this latent talent, people who didn't know they're quote unquote skateboarders just coming out and like starting and doing really well. They must feel really proud and happy with themselves as well, right? Yeah, I mean, like, for me, I, I kind of, you know, I, I keep talking about these realization moments that I have. But then I think about like, I question like, how come there's so many re like talented people here? And most places that have just sort of come back from war and stuff. And I think it's just having that sort of tough life or just trying to get the opportunity to do something very basic. So once you're given this opportunity, like I'm a girl and I have a skateboard in front of me, you're, you have so much more hungerness towards it, right? As opposed to having living somewhere where you're exposed to so many sports, mm. so many tools, so many, and you actually become picky and think, no, I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like one of the things here, like people are so hungry. They have all this energy. They don't have an outlet. So I think like there's not enough outlets for people. Mm. Um, and, and that's why if I look on a different scale of things, we have so many photographers and artists mm -hmm. here because that's a self-expression for them. And it's mm -hmm. maybe more accepted. But if we kind of opened more doors in sports, I think like in the next couple of years, we would see a, a, something amazing happen here. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much latent talent across the region, really, as well, when you think about it, you know, places that didn't have maybe a historic sporting culture and new sports are being introduced. And when you said paddle earlier, I was like, uh oh, paddle's going to spread like wildfire. <laughs> yeah, paddle it is. is like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about paddle, but it's everywhere. <laughs> I think uh, when we talk about sports, I think actually Iraq was one of the most um, during like uh, the Saddam Hussein regime. Mm -hmm. uh, they were leading in, in the Middle East and we had a very strong history and culture in sports. So sports, uh, I, I remember seeing pictures of my mom being in sports and in, in teams and and wearing shorts and and basketball, so it's not it like it wasn't there, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, but it was it was taken away from them. Yeah. So now they're relearning everything, and mm -hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. All your time. efforts through Baghdad Skate Girls been received then by the community. What what are you seeing in terms of that? 
Oh, it's been great. Like I've never had problems in ter- you know, I always say I like I'm very lucky. I've never really had problems in terms of anything that I do here mm. uh with the community. It's I think the community want more from me. I always get messages saying, "When are you going to do something with jiu-jitsu? When are you going to do something with And I I never have a simple answer, <laughs> but I think the simplest way I can put it is one of the first things you learn when you open a NGO is do no harm. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to set high hopes if I know that we can't pull it off to the end. Mm-hmm. So when I say it's planting season, not just in terms of like skateboarding, jiu-jitsu and a lot of sports, I'm making sure that when I start this that I am able to get to the point where we have people who can go out and compete internationally. and make sure everything is set you know mm-hmm. i don't want to start something and then have to see these girls get disappointed or any sports community so there's a lot of work a lot of work that's been happening in the background and it's i've had to sacrifice my own you know passion in sports and my own career um you know i'm still competing and i say i'm still competing maybe not now maybe not in the next couple of months but i'm still going to be competing until you know my hip breaks or something <laughs> but i've had to take a step back to be able to start that legacy here mm-hmm. and it's very important to see that yeah it's really nice i i feel yeah similar in some ways that this is the building season you know for what we're doing with the metal set and 2019 was my all in ultra cycling year and since that time mm. covid <laughs> kind of stuff but now it's really about extending the privilege that i have to other people and hoping that what we're doing through the metal set can inspire but also inform and help provide that entryway into for people to get involved in sport. Skateboarding is in the Olympics. <laughs> Do you think I guess that will help, right, with public perception or people learning more about skateboarding? It's kind of when I was growing up, yeah, it had kind of this fringe element, but now it's like full bona fide <laughs> Olympic sport. Is the media like in in Baghdad Iraqi media have they covered you or have you got inquiries from anyone? They should. They should be wanting to talk about you guys and what you're doing. Yeah, we've had some uh, people approach us here and there. I think we're a little bit like wary at the moment mm. of, you know, uh I'm always a little bit afraid of things going like overblown. I told the community and the boys also, it's great to get coverage if if it's meaningful or if there's some added value. However, we don't want to reach a point where it could actually backfire. Mhm. especially because we're in a place where rules don't apply to all and it's complex you know yeah. we could still have someone come up to us who has heard about us or maybe are annoyed that we're getting so much you know it's i think it's early stages mm. um i i kind of want to see this happen and work with the right people and and use the right channels to mm-hmm. uh, voice what we're doing where mm-hmm. we know we're being heard. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, a lot of people have approached us however we we're just keeping our heads low and getting on with what we're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um hopefully we, you'll start hearing more of success stories. I'm sure we will. 
Yeah, I think just to that, there have been a lot of success stories around the world. And we've spoken about some of these organizations that are building that those communities and then now yours as well. And that has actually contributed from one survey that I was reading in a magazine that covers women skateboarders, that there's been an increase of women in the sport by 790% in the last 10 years, which is massive. It's, mm-hmm. it's really is massive. We've spoken about Skate Pal, Skateistan, some, you know, work that Dawn's done with Skateistan as well, and then now your organization. How do you see yourself playing that role into bringing more women and kind of turning it around for women? Yeah. In this sport. So I think like for now, what needs to happen is once we've secured the safe space and I have the initial group uh, of girls that are with me uh, reach a certain uh, sort of level and I have the consistency, I think that's when we start doing some outreach into sort of more vulnerable areas where Mm -hmm. they most definitely wouldn't have access to coming to us maybe creating some pop-ups, maybe creating, organizing like uh, certain events in certain areas where people who wouldn't normally have access, because I truly believe like that if we end up having some Olympians, they're going to be from these areas. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of go out scouting. (laughs) And plus uh, I have, I have, a few things in my mind of all the refugee camps that I previously went to, I really want to go out and distribute some uh, skateboards to mm-hmm. them and, and just see what they do with that, you know? Mm. And I think it's, you know, imagine like being there and having being given a football as a boy or like a skateboard. So they're going to put everything into that. Yeah. So I, I believe like if, if we're able to keep this consistent, that definitely there there's going to be some amazing outcome in terms of people reaching Olympics with it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I can't wait to see it either. I'm envisioning it. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of like what you guys need, obviously you've got the will, you've got the consistency with the group, the, the interest is there. You need the skateboard, skate parks, Looking ahead, I'm a firm believer in putting things out to the universe and seeing what comes back. A year from now, what's your vision? And five years from now, what's your vision for for the group? I think a, a year from now, my vision is to create the same thing that Skatistan have created, mm-hmm. where they have a skate park. It's organized by the local community. There's trainers there. There's a a girls class, there's a kids class, there's a boys class, there's an integrated class. And um, just seeing like what kind of talents uh, we we will have. And I firmly believe that if we get to that level, uh, we'll be able to definitely receive the right types of funds to send. My dream is to like be able to send these kids out to compete internationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beyond the skills that you're all learning together in the community, what else are they learning when they come in? What are they taking back home with them? I would think, I mean, you've you've learned so much from your sports. Jiu-Jitsu taught you so much. Skateboarding has taught you so much. So for these women, what else are they gaining 
out of this community of theirs? I think like, um, I, I haven't really asked this question to them, but I think they've realized how powerful they are and how much they can actually do and how fearless they are. And maybe in our society, they're not given that channel in every place. Maybe, I don't know, the workplace or everyday life. But when it's her and the board and she sees herself being able to jump on that board or go down a ramp, she realizes how like powerful she actually is. So she doesn't need to be told by anyone because she's just seen it in front of her. And a skateboard is not like a bicycle. It's not like swimming. It's it's something that you need like a little bit of guts to do. Mm. You know, it's it's not easy to fall over and get back up and go on it. And and literally in that hour, you keep breaking fear after fear. You know, that's the most important thing for me is like just watching the girls watch themselves and seeing themselves being able to overcome their fear and you know, it's not, you know, I actually thought like maybe they won't be able to do it the first class, the second class. But no, it was within the same class, within the same 10 minutes, like I could see how persistent they were. And no, I'm not going to give up on this. No, I'm not going to go home until I do this. So every single one of them is is powerful in her own way. She knows she's capable. And uh, I'm I'm very proud of all of them. Where can everybody find you on social media? I mean, we'll put stuff, everything in the show notes. Um, but, and how often does the group meet? If anyone's so listening the, from Iraq. Yeah. So at the moment it's once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to keep it just that way to keep it consistent. And uh, yeah, so they can find us on Baghdad skate park girls and they can message us and we'll add them to our WhatsApp group. Uh, or they can message me directly, Ashtar Azawi, and we would love to have more girls on board. And we would love some more boards to get the girls on them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I think, like, I'm going to put it, it's out in the universe now. Those boards are coming to you at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We hope. We'll we'll spread it around as well. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.